Hello and welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we have a very special guest um, that we met on Twitter talking to us about uh, buy visibility and selectivity of that visibility. So we will transition to the interview now. Um, could you introduce yourself and what you do and why you wanted to, to appear on the podcast? Sure thing. So I'm Jane Shea, and I'm a bisexual advocate and author and merchandise maker. I started getting into this uh, whole field. I started writing uh, bi and poly-themed sex-positive erotica and realized that uh, there wasn't a lot of that out there in the world. So I started publishing um, on Amazon Kindle. And then I wanted to get out there, and um, I noticed also that there wasn't much bisexual representation at some of my local pride festivals here in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. And so I started having booths at some of the festivals, um, making t-shirts, selling flags, and things like that. And uh, the response was overwhelming. Um, it was really great to see people feeling so grateful about me just being there. And so I've kept it up and started, um, you know, building up my Twitter presence and I saw you guys on there and um, thought that it would be great to connect with you and to reach people in different places around the world. So, Okay, well, that's that's great. And, and seriously, thank you for, for being an, uh, an advocate and a champion for writing sex positive yeah. and then buy and poly positive things because of course. there's some very scarce and very bad erotica out there. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. So um, the topic that you came to us with was about selective visibility. Right. Um, and it's something that we have probably been discussing a, a lot between the two of us. Yes. Pretty familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what what made you want to talk about this subject? It's something that comes up a lot for me in my own life. Um, I'm only out to a certain uh, group of folks in my life and not to others. Obviously, I'm, I'm very out um, when I'm out at festivals and on Twitter and everything and, and helping people. But, uh, you know, in my personal life, there are people that I'm not out to. And I found that a lot of people have had that experience, as, as you all have, have said as well. So it's um, something that I want people to know that it's okay, that it's okay to not be out to everybody in your life, that coming out isn't just something that happens one time and then you're done and you're out forever, uh, especially for folks in the bike community, that it's a decision that we can make, you know, person to person, interaction to interaction. I was just speaking to my friend on Twitter, Amy, as well about this, um, you know, just wearing a bi shirt can spur conversations. And if people are respectful, then I'm totally willing to have those conversations. And a lot of people are. But then other times, you know, it's more of a private thing. So um, it's just something that we all have to think about moment to moment and that we can, you know, that it's okay um, to be out selectively and that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery to, you know, wear some of my shirts sometimes or fly my flag. Uh, and if, you know, today's not a day for that, then that's okay. Um, but if you are able to do it, it's really empowering for other people in the community. And one of the reasons that I wanted to be out there um, doing what I'm doing is so that other people feel 
okay with being out there. You know, the number of times I've had people message me on Twitter or come up to me at a festival and say, thank you for being here and just, you know, doing what you're doing because I've never told anyone, but I think I'm bisexual. And that's the first time I've ever, I'm ever saying that. And that's incredible. And so when we are able to, to be out and to be visible, it's really empowering not just for ourselves and our identification with our own sexuality and empowering that for ourselves, but for other people to know that it's okay um, to be out there because we do face a lot of stigma and erasure. And so the more that we as a community can be out together and supporting each other, uh, the better it is. But also to know that if we're not in that space for that day, that's okay too. Yeah, I, I think it, it comes with uh, this idea of like political queerness in general is that there is a certain pressure that when you're part of a certain minority community, whatever it is, you are supposed to be an advocate for it 24-7. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, and, and knowing that you don't have to speak for that community, that you can speak from your own experience, and you know that's something I try to be careful about in my own advocacy is to say this is my experience and and this is how I work and how my relationships work with me and my family and and that's not necessarily other bisexual people's experience either so yeah and then there's uh, trying to stay safe because let's exactly. be honest it's not yeah. always the case yeah um, you can't be out to anyone it can be like actual danger or just emotional right. um, danger that you you know that you won't be accepted and from people you can't just get out of your life for several reasons and and in that situation it's caution is is very um, uh, useful and recommended and also we we have uh, uh, as you know we're uh, both um, actually therapists and we don't uh-huh. have that okay. issue of do we do we come out do, but do we but do we self-disclose to our clients and especially our queer clients right and, and it's yeah. and it's pretty interesting because one of the of the, of the strategy we have is to actually w- w- have like a more or less subtle identification uh, signs, okay. stickers, yeah, yeah. things like that, mugs. <laughs> it's kind of a like a secret code because the bi flag is much less known and, than, yeah, than the pride okay. flag, so it's a little more subtle. It's definitely sure. not as much in your face as as your average rainbow flag would be. Yeah. Right. Yes, I've definitely found that with my flag or wearing wearing a shirt, you know, I'll catch the eye of people out in public, you know, in a non-queer space, and they kind of, um, if they know what that flag is, then then they say, oh, hey, and nice shirt, I like that, you know, with, and we kind of connect in that way. So it's a, a way to kind of be out to the people that are in the know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a matter of uh, recognizing which space is safe at, at any right. given moment in time. And, exactly. Yeah. And so, how do you, how do you navigate, you know, between this, in, within this double life that I think a lot of queer people in general have, uh, in terms of having to remind yourself, okay, I'm not out to this person, and how, how does your identity <laughs> change throughout your interactions? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, since I started this, the business side of things, I found that. Um, I'm sort of more emboldened to be out to more people in my regular life uh, as well. Um, but I definitely do have to check in with my friends. Uh, if I'm in mixed company, 
some folks who aren't out, I have to check in with my, my friends that I, I am out to and say, hey, just so you know, we're going to be, one of my friends at this party is not aware of this side of my life, so if you could just, you know, avoid mentioning that. Um, and most of my friends who are aware that of, of this side of things are cool with that. They know you know, how to navigate that. A lot of them are part of the queer community themselves or really great allies. And so they are totally fine with that. It's it's getting a little trickier as the, the friend groups that are, I'm not out to are growing smaller and the groups that I am out to are growing bigger and making sure, you know, that I don't get accidentally outed to the smaller group is a little trickier, but it's still been navigable anyway. Um, the and I also you know going back to the idea of safety you know it's more emotional like you said emotional safety and um, considering the feelings and the need of those who I'm not out to whether that is a necessary part of our interaction you know whether it would harm them or me or our relationship more than it would benefit it that's always kind of the question I ask when I'm thinking about who to be out to or not it's an it's a issue when you have in-laws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, especially if you are in um, a different gender relationship, where right. you, exactly. you just like pass a straight for your in-laws. Yeah. And so there's a uh, the whole dynamic of your significant other and their partner and their, their family that has to be considered. It can be very tricky. Their family, exactly. their friends, and everyone around them, because it's not just if you're in a relationship... Hmm. Even if the other person is not bisexual, you still have to consider what your bisexuality means in their context. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a lot of emotional pressure. It's it's a lot of having to to consciously navigate your conversations day to day. And I think exactly. at a certain point you get used to it, and you're like, whatever. Um, but it's very hard for people who are just beginning to explore their identity. Um, so would you have any advice? <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's definitely for those folks that are first coming out, I think, I think there can be this overwhelming pressure. And I've actually had um, some people in the community who are kind of more hardcore say, if you can't be out to everyone, then you shouldn't be out at all. And I think that is completely wrong. I think that you like I said, need to make those decisions for yourself and for the people considering how it affects you and it affects those other people and their feelings and their sort of need to know um, whether it's a benefit for you or, you know, whether it could potentially harm them or you. So just making, you know, not feeling that pressure um, to be out um, you know, the first step I always tell people is, you know, congratulations, you've, you've accomplished the first step of, of kind of coming out to yourself and, you know, being comfortable in that identity and then kind of metering out the, the rest of the process as you go along. I was just speaking to someone about this the other day who came out to me on Twitter and said it's the first time they've ever said the word bisexual to someone. And I said, that's wonderful. Congratulations. You know, you made that first step. Now go find people that will support you in that. And the more people that you can have comfortable, safe interactions with, with that new identity as you're kind of claiming that for yourself, you can kind of grow that. So go find your local bi group, go on Binet and look up 
the local bike groups in your area and interact with them and then you know find other people in the queer community and this person was really worried about how their close friends might feel about it and I I tell people look for you know find ways to sort of suss out how they feel about you know the queer community in general kind of if you can um look at and kind of broach those topics not related to yourself first to kind of figure out how people feel. And then if you can find that support group of close friends, it'll help you be more comfortable within your own identity. Uh, for myself personally, I, I find I, I seek a lot of external validation from other people. So finding those people that will support you and hold you up and nurture you as you are discovering that identity for yourself. And then, you can expand to being more public about it if that's what you want. But, you know, it's not necessarily something that you have to be out and be an advocate and, you know, have um, that be your entire identity. It can be, you know, just just that for you or just that for you and your close friends. Um, but personally, I've found, like I said, that as I've embraced and identified with this um community and with my identity my ability to do so has expanded so that might be the case for some folks or they might just kind of keep it more personal um, but it's definitely something that it's a process uh, of navigation and discovery and it doesn't necessarily have to have to happen all at once for sure yeah it's it, it is a, a a message to remember i think it's really that you don't have to come out to everybody but it's good to come out to some people and to have people who know and support you and to have those, those safe people. It's really important in terms of identity building and yes. how to, 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 um, to manage that, that new part, uh, not new part of your life because it's actually that always been something that has right. always been there, but yeah. to, um, to deal with that new stage. Um, and, and as you said, there's a good few conversation starters we are lucky mm -hmm. to have a little bit more good representation right now. Yeah, and <laughs> it can actually be be a good, you know, have you seen that? Or just you know, watch some good TV with friends <laughs> and see right. and see if um, it's not the conversation. Yeah, and I I always kind of think of I don't know maybe it's wrong to categorize people that way, but I always think it's like the queer community that is in the know most of the time. And there's the straight people who can be taught, <laughs> and then right. there's the ones that you can't even talk to about those kinds of things. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. my spectrum of people that that I can uh, come out to and, and educate, yeah. if, if mm -hmm. possible. But you, it's also important to remember that even if you have this impulse to educate people and to let them know what bisexuality is, how it relates to your life, you don't have to do it. It does, right. It's not an obligation. Yeah. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. About the safe people, like safe people and the right moment. Yeah. Right environment. Because some people Definitely. might be okay if you you you're you're at the right the right moment, the right timing, they feel they're feeling safe, they have time to understand. If they feel overwhelmed, their response might be not as good as it could have been in other in another situation. So That's yeah. so true. Yeah, definitely. That's why I think that we make the best psychologist. <laughs> we, have to, we have to read people all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. 
Okay. I definitely have found um, one thing that I get the best questions from my straight ally friends, that they are the ones that ask the most thoughtful, caring, probing questions about how bisexuality, how bisexuality and polyamory works in my life and how, you know, how does that work? How, how do you feel about that? And, you know, without any kind of judgment, just with a genuine curiosity. And I've really appreciated that about my friends, um, that they are so supportive and curious and caring to ask these great questions. It's been wonderful. Yeah, people like that really bridge the gap uh, in a lot yes. of ways. And it's, Definitely. You know, we, we have the privilege of living in the Netherlands, which is quite an open country in these kinds of ways. Mm. Um, but getting getting the rest of the world there is going to take a lot of time and a lot of work, and sometimes it feels like the pressure is on us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's not. It actually, I mean, we can just do what's safe for us and it's mm-hmm. already a lot yeah we're already doing our best <laughs> yeah we're doing wonderfully <laughs> <laughs> well do you have any closing remarks any any inspirational words you would like to say well, to the, <laughs> to the bi community out there sure well talking about different parts of the country and and the world it's interesting I've, feel really lucky to live here in the Pacific Northwest where it's very queer friendly um, and in the metropolitan areas but it's been really cool and interesting to see people in various parts of the country that we might think of as more conservative who are some of you know the biggest purchasers of, of my shirts and my products you know when I'm shipping things from my Etsy store I get orders a lot from the south and from these states that are you know we call them red states and um, so it's really heartening to see that these people are craving and seeking out ways to be out and to identify themselves and to create that community. I think it's as the more that we come together and are visible together, the more that we can support each other, encourage other people to embrace that identity as well. And also to encourage those who aren't able to be out that it's okay to be who they are, whether they're out or not. And I think that's really the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this is that they, their identity and their sexuality is completely valid and something that they can be proud of whether they're out or not. I think, you know, everything we talked about is best summarized by what you actually wrote, that selective visibility is self-care. Yes. And I... As therapists, we're big on self-care. So it's it's wonderful to see that message because a lot of the times, especially on queer Twitter, you see all these kind of very active, very outspoken people and that, you know, kudos to them, but not everyone can find themselves in in, in this position to to be able to to be this loud and this this proud. Um, So... We will definitely leave the links to all of the resources mentioned in the comments and in the description to the podcast. Otherwise, please follow us on Twitter, write to us on our email. We even have a Tumblr that we barely ever use, but you're free to follow us on that. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Bye.